The House Armed Services Committee has marked up its 2021 version of the defense authorization bill. If you're a defense contractor, don't expect any more money from the government for coronavirus relief. Also, there's a big battle that may already be brewing between the Senate and the House on the Defense Department's chief management officer position. Federal News Network's Scott Mossioni joins me with the latest. All right, let's start with coronavirus before we get to the really tough stuff here, Scott. What kind of relief did they already get for coronavirus? This would have been in the CARES Act? Right. This was part of the CARES Act, which was back in the March-April timeframe. And what what the defense contractors got out of that was about $1 or $2 billion in industrial-based relief, um, you know, trying to spur the economy and these defense contractors to keep their supply chains going. Uh, the Defense Department as a whole got about $10.5 billion, and that went to medical relief, to building uh, some of the other things within the the uh, coronavirus relief within there, and then also just some some random other things within there. So it was quite a bit of money that they got on top of the already large defense budget that they've been getting for the past couple of years. All right. And then there was that also that 3160 provision, which would help pay for federal contractors who could not be on the job, but were still exactly. trying to support the department. So nothing more there either. Right. That's what the House Armed Services Committee leader Adam Smith is saying. And the reason he's saying that is because really about half of that money has been used up until now. So there's still money left in the coffers for this type of relief. And, you know, if you go back to your constituents who got only uh, $1,200 in stimulus and say, well, you know, we want another couple billion dollars for these defense contractors while, um, you know, your constituents are saying, you know, we can't pay our rent may not be an easy sell when you're searching for re-election. So, um, you know, he's probably trying to hedge some of his bets in here as well. Um, and, and also considering that, uh, you know, these defense companies have had a pretty good boon in the past couple of years with uh, increased defense budgets uh, under the Trump administration. That's right. Following this, we have an interview with Dan Snyder of Bloomberg, who outlines just exactly how much defense spending in contracting grew between 2018 and 2019. All right. And then this chief management officer, this is something the Senate side has given the DOD two years to get rid of that position. What's going on on the House side? That's right. Well, this chief of the chief management officer position has really been called the chief of everything. It's sort of a mission impossible sort of role uh, that the Defense Business Board gave it. And that's because they've been asked to really do everything to change the business transformation and, and reforms within the Defense Department to save the money to really make what they're calling this sort of, um, you know, fundamental change within the Defense Department. It's not just, you know, picking something here and there to save a few dollars. It's really changing the way that the Defense Department works. Now, uh, the Senate version, as you, you said, it has a provision that would get rid of this role. But Adam Smith seems to think that that may not be the best way to go. The CMO role has only been around for you know, about two or three years. And, you know, his take is that let's give them a chance to at least do their job before they rip the floor out from under them. And, you know, they get rid of this position before even knowing if it's efficient or effective or not. Uh, but as I said, the Defense Business Board has already said that it hasn't really hit the goals that it's supposed to be hitting. But once again, you know, it's only been a couple of years. Now, um, Representative Smith's counterpart, Mac Thornberry, the ranking member of the committee, said that he's open to get rid of, getting rid of the, the position. And uh, what he said is that he's really come to the conclusion that Congress is responsible for making it an impossible job by really just putting too much, uh, too much on one person. And they need to figure out something that's different. 
We're speaking with Federal News Network Scott Mascioni. Maybe one of the issues is the title of chief management officer. It has been said many times, not original with me, that people understand deputy secretary. That carries weight. But chief management officer kind of doesn't fit in the panoply. And maybe that's one of the reasons it has not been effective. Yeah. And, and, you know, to your point, they have talked about the the Defense Business Board really talked about sort of changing the way that role works. And one would be to create another deputy defense secretary uh, that really has the same roles and but just has a little bit more of a oomph to the name, a little bit more of something, you know, some gravitas behind it instead of just this bureaucratic sounding name to it. Um, you know, some other options are to expand the roles of some headquarters areas that so that they have more of an ability to do these sorts of things, find efficiencies and all that sort of stuff. Now that comes in direct conflict, though, with what Congress is trying to do and cut headquarters staff. So a lot of back and forth here with Congress and not a lot of really going forward. Uh, rather, they're sort of second guessing themselves as these things don't really pan out the way they wanted in the next couple of years. Do the House and Senate have basic agreement on the spending they would authorize in the NDAA? It looks like it's going to be $741 billion, and, and that's really what they decided on. Now, with that $741 billion, you have to remember there's going to be a few people that are pushing against that, mainly fiscal conservatives and progressives. The progressives are saying they want to cut 10% and put that into more domestic uses, considering what is going on with coronavirus and also just the domestic issues throughout the United States with infrastructure and everything else. On the other side, fiscal conservatives are saying, well, we just spent trillions of dollars on coronavirus relief. Uh, Let's try and at least uh, hedge our bets on this this, uh, deficit issue and save at least a little bit of money as well we can on a budget that really has never been successfully audited ever. So, you know, how can you really uh, say that that each dollar is worth it, right? And what other goodies can people expect in the House version so far of the NDAA? Yeah, well, one of the things that uh, Adam Smith brought up was that he really wants to get this defense health agency correct. The Congress, you know, planned to have everything from public health to research and treatment facilities consolidated under this organization. But there's been a lot of hiccups along the way. And, you know, they're, they're really trying to make a significant change to a humongous bureaucratic entity. Uh, And and what he wants to do is just sort of rethink this. And they don't have any specific provisions in it that are getting at this whole, you know, holistically, but they're just kind of kicking the can down the road a little bit to think these things through. One of the things they're doing is delaying the transfer of military research facilities to DHA to 2023 instead of 2022. And, and, you know, this is something that the, the military services have been pushing back against for a bit. The Army, which has a huge medical research uh, sort of cadre, has said that um, you know they want to keep their medical arm for readiness issues, and also they want to see how DHA would actually handle those issues. All right, so medical areas, and it doesn't look like this is going to be a year for major procurement reform proposals, partly because they haven't even gotten the rules out for the ones they've done the last couple of years. Right. And, and you know, the, the military services have said that they need a little bit of a break. There's just been so many, especially under Mac Dornberry, that, you know, they're still trying to catch everything up. One of the interesting things in here, and we'll have to see kind of how it pans out, is that with OTAs, they redefined how the non-traditional contractors are defined. And what they are is that they have to have employee stock options and be partly owned by employees. It makes it a little bit more of a non-traditional company, considering you know, what it's been in the past. And, you know, that might be something that sort of gives Congress a little more oversight and also gets rid of some of the abuse. But, you know, we're gonna have to see how it'll end up in the final NDAA and what sort of watering down or beefing up it gets along the way. And of course, as we speak, there's a new 
pile of sand going into the gears for all of this, with Senator Elizabeth Warren threatening to put a provision in the Senate version, forcing the DOD to have that commission to rename bases that are currently named after Confederate generals, and the president saying he would veto the NDAA over that. We don't know how that's going to come out, but first time I think we've ever heard of a threat of something that would cause a presidential veto or a veto threat from a White House over the NDAA, which has never failed to pass. And what is it going on to 60 years now? This will be 60 years. Exactly. And that one seems a little bit like politics. And it may be something that the president might forget about, you know, by the time they actually sign the NDAA. But it's definitely something that lawmakers are looking very hard into. And uh, the military is also considering re- renaming these bases. And I think probably among many of the troops might simply feel yeah, this is probably a good idea to rename those places. And one of the things that Adam Smith brought up is that, you know, a lot of these bases were changed in the early 1900s when the Ku Klux Klan was again becoming in this resurgence. And it really wasn't something that came right after the Civil War, or during the Civil War, but at a time when white supremacy was kind of resurging within the nation. Federal News Network, Scott Massioni, thanks so much. Thank you. Check out his story at federalnewsnetwork.com. A financial plan isn't just about money. It's about what matters most to you, like protecting your family, supporting your community, and building a legacy for future generations. At Northwestern Mutual, we start with a conversation about the life you want to live now and years from now. Whether you're paying down debt, saving for college, or planning for retirement, we have an eye on your bigger picture. Get access to our financial expertise at harlem.nm.com. The Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company, headquartered in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit LiveXLive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.